she said as a teenager, we're distracted, our minds are distracted to unwanted things and love. And how to bring it back to spirituality. So first of all, anybody here not a teenager? Any of the non-teenagers notice that your mind sometimes gets distracted to unwanted things? <laughs> I mention that just so you know that this is not an illness of being a teenager. You are not alone here. This is part of the package deal of being human. So don't be too hard on yourself. But the question is fantastic, not only for teenagers, it's fantastic for everyone. How can we take our mind off that which is unwanted and put it on spirituality? Now, you mentioned love and you lumped it in with these unimportant, unwanted distractions. Now, I understand that when we are young, and even for some people when they're not young, but especially when we're young, the mind tends to be even more preoccupied with what I'm going to call crushes instead of actually love. I know it feels like love. I know it feels like love. In fact, ironically, the love that you feel at your age almost feels stronger even sometimes than love that you feel later. Nonetheless, we're going to call it crushes. Because love is not actually distracting. Love actually is something that fills us and focuses us. When it's a crush, it's distracting. So think of the difference. I'm going to give you two different mental scenarios. Okay? Scenario one says, this love feels so beautiful, so beautiful inside me. Hmm. And I'm doing my math, I'm doing my reading, I'm doing my chores, and I'm so happy to be doing my math and doing my reading and doing my chores because love makes me happy doing whatever I'm doing. And so I'm doing the dishes and I'm happy doing the dishes because I'm in love. And when I go to pray or I go to meditate, it's so beautiful because I'm already full of love. Okay, that's one option. Option two is, oh my God, he looks so cute today. Oh my God, did he just look at me? Did he look at me? I, I think he looked at me. Did he actually look at me? Oh my God, no. Was it me or was it her? No, it must have been me, right? Do I have a spot on my face? Oh my God, do these clothes, these clothes are okay, right? How's my hair? Oh God, I should have really looked in the mirror for longer today. My hair must be a mess. Oh, now he's not looking at me. He's looking at her. That's not fair. Look at me, look at me. Come on, look at me. Okay, so you see where that gets kind of distracting? Now you sit down to do math and you think, he looked at me today. Maybe he didn't look at me today. 
Maybe he was looking at her today. Tomorrow, I'm going to wear my pink blouse. Then he'll have to look at me. That pink blouse looks really good. Oh, no, but I forgot. I spilled. I got ketchup on my pink blouse. Oh. Okay, so that is what we'll call distracting. You can see where that doesn't go so well with your math homework. Doesn't go so well with reading. Doesn't go so well with doing the dishes. You find yourself scrubbing the same plate over and over again and you forget you're supposed to be scrubbing the plate. Mom comes in and says, Eddie, what are you doing? You go to pray. You go to meditate. And all you can think is, Oh, I wish I had that pink blouse that looked so good on me. Why did my best friend have to spill ketchup on it? I've told her 10,000 times not to eat French fries near me. But she was eating French fries near me and she spilled that ketchup. Oh, I'm going to kill her. I need that. So this is distracting. But we're not going to call that love. You see the difference? Okay. And this is a very important difference because love is very beautiful for life. And so you don't want to consider love a distraction. And here's the beautiful thing with love in general. And I know that this may not be your experience at this age, but don't worry, because as you, as you grow and as you get deeper, especially spiritually, what you'll find is love doesn't actually need an object to love. You can just feel love. You can look at a sunset and feel love. You can look at a flower and feel love. You can close your eyes and feel the sun on you, feel the wind on you, and feel love. That's the love that we actually are looking to cultivate. That's the love that enables us to move through our world much more anchored, much more grounded as deeply, not just spiritual people, but fulfilled people, joyous people, peaceful people. That is not a distraction. The, oh my God, my pink blouse has ketchup on it is a distraction. Okay? So throughout our life, whether we're teenagers or whether we're older. What we have to really ask ourselves is, what is most important for me? Now, you know, or you wouldn't have asked the question in here. You know that that kind of thinking is not really very beneficial for you. That really you want to go more spiritually. What that means is that as you're having those thoughts, you're going to have to stop jumping on them. I always say our thoughts are tickets on vehicles. So if I say to you, okay, guess what? I have for you a first class ticket to misery. Would you take it? But it's first class. Would you take it? Of course not. Would anybody take a first class ticket to misery? I mean, mother, however cushy the seat might be or the coupa might be, would anybody take a first class ticket to misery? Because we know, I don't want to go there. 
But every time that we allow our minds to have thoughts of jealousy, of comparison, of judgment, of unfulfilled expectations, of all of this stuff, these are actually vehicles that are moving toward misery. But we jump on them. We think that's fun, fun ride. Along this whole ride, I get to think badly about this one, gossipy about this one, I get to daydream about this. So it seems like a fun ride. And then we wonder, how did I land up in misery? Well, because I jumped on that train or that bus or that airplane. So this is where now we have to realize, okay, what kind of thoughts am I having? And how can I not have the thoughts that are taking me where I don't want to go? The first step is you recognize them and you try to recognize them as soon as possible. Not 20 minutes later when you're already kind of far away. But the minute that it starts and you'll get better at it, it's a habit, it's a practice. You'll get better. The minute the mind will start kind of shifting into its daydreamy mode or its judgment mode or its you'll never become anything in your life mode or your this whole thing is stupid mode or I hate everybody mode or life isn't fair mode or whatever, whatever mode you tend to get into. As it starts, you'll recognize it long before it has gotten you in its whirlpool, long before you're already drowning. And you'll be able to say, ah, I know where this ends up. I've gotten in this car before. I've gotten on that train before. I always end up miserable. I'm not going. I can see it. I know where it's going. I'm not getting on. And you can just wave to it. Bye. Let it pass. Give your mind something else to think about. This is the power and the benefit of having a mantra. <coughs> of having a prayer. Of thinking about God. Is the mind needs something to do. And so if we want it to stop doing what we don't want it to do, we have to give it something else. If you've got a new puppy dog and it's running everywhere and biting everything and eating everything and peeing everywhere, you can't just say, don't run, don't play, don't bite, don't pee. That's what it does. It's a puppy dog. Instead, over here in this corner, you give it a toy that it likes to play with. You put some newspaper down so it can pee. You put some food. So everything that it wants is all the way over there. And you know now it's going to stay in its corner. It's not about stop being a puppy dog. You're not going to kill the puppy. You just want it to stop peeing on the couch and ruining the couch and biting things and whatnot. So you give it something else to do in some other place. Same thing with the mind. It's not about killing it. It's not about hating it. It's just about saying, Chilo, do it over here. 
Do this instead. Now the benefit though of spiritual thinking, the benefit of a mantra is, unlike your dog that just is peeing in a different place, this actually is going to also change you and transform you inside. It will actually also get you closer to God. So it has two benefits. One benefit is it stops your mind from doing nonsense. Number two benefit though is it actually is its own vehicle. And it's a vehicle going exactly where you want to go. So you jump in that instead of the other ones. So whenever something starts, you get that mantra going. But even better is you get the mantra going enough all the time that up and up it starts. And then slowly, slowly you'll find that the mind doesn't even wander. Because it's doing the mantra.